Welcome to the One Percenter Podcast. My name's Ed Jeffer. Got a wonderful guest today. He's an award-winning businessman and TEDx speaker. He is the CEO and founder of On Spirit Global, which is a platform for entrepreneurs to help awaken, instill, and enhance the entrepreneurial spirit so that they can live their best life. He is also the author of Change Your Game, which is a fantastic book that I'm reading at the moment. Ladies and gents, please welcome Beiji Solanke. Hey, Beiji, welcome. welcome. Hey, Ed, yeah, yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much for the intro, and yeah, and I'm looking forward to uh, to this podcast, and I really appreciate you inviting me on to, 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 to speak on this. That's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I've, I've been uh, excited and looking forward to, to meeting you and chatting with you. I've been following you for a little while on uh, Clubhouse now, which is an amazing platform. I've just got to connect with some really amazing people and learning mm-hmm. some amazing things through 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 clubhouse how long have you been on on the platform and uh, and how are you find uh, it i i joined clubhouse on boxing day it was um i remember i joined clubhouse on boxing day uh, it was quite a really trouble because uh, uh, in december my, my father passed away unfortunately um through a heart attack and then um his funeral was on christmas eve and uh you know obviously with the the lockdown coming in my head was all over the shop and i thought i'm going to take january off and then boxing day I, no christmas day as you do scrolling i saw this thing like clubhouse i got an invite joined on boxing day didn't know what it was first two week complete headless chicken didn't know what was going on you, you early days it's like a land grab everybody's going in there you know if there was one percent of the uk population that were like six figure earners all of them were on clubhouse we're crying out loud it was like that kind of that kind of uh um energy um but yeah no two or three weeks bit of a head um uh, head you know sort of all over the shop and then uh, and then settled in quite quickly and it's been for me it's been a massive game changer and you know we'll, we'll, i'm sure we'll touch upon it during the during this conversation yeah yeah for sure i think definitely like it, it come along at the right time just off the back of lockdown you know i haven't been out to meet anyone in person or been to any networking events which i love going to um for you know coming up to two years now. So it's a great opportunity to, to get yourself into mm-hmm. a virtual room with, you know, you'd, you'd pay thousands to be in a room with some of the speakers that are, are on stage. Yeah. I just think it's a really fantastic platform to, um, from a business perspective, but also from, you know, a consumer point of view, just, just learn so much on, on Clubhouse and just obviously meeting great people like yourself as well. So yeah, it's a, it's a good place. If, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're not on Clubhouse, make sure you, make sure you, you get in the game for sure yeah absolutely yeah it's been you know, like you say you you, you know i there's there's probably about 10 percent of the people i knew before clubhouse that i've seen on clubhouse you know through the conventional ways of of networking and going to work, workshops but like you say like yourself i didn't know you before clubhouse but you meet like-minded people you meet people who are on a similar missions but also you find in most cases you know you're going to get some toxic stuff but in most cases the generosity of uh, people wanting other people to win by helping them has been unbelievable so it's been fantastic for me and i'm and uh you know if it wasn't a club as we won't be speaking now yeah absolutely absolutely so tell us for those that don't know you tell us a bit about yourself tell us a bit about your background and what's led you up to this point of of, of what you do becoming an author and you're, and you're a coach as well what, what led you up to that point yeah yeah so my background you know working growing up in an asian household really growing up it was more about the conventional ways of either be, becoming a doctor engineer a shopkeeper or a, or a pharmacist or something like that you know that was this that was the option there was nothing outside of those options so 
I went to uni, didn't do very well. Well, I didn't do very well in my A-level, so I, I went to uni not knowing what I wanted to do, and I did a maths degree, assuming that would get me into accountancy, because I thought I wanted to do accountancy, but it was far from the case. And I remember the first year of university, I sat down in the library, as you do. Well, you do then, not now. You just go on Google now. And I, I found this book, and I picked this book up, and I couldn't put it down, just really started reading the book. And the book was all about body language. Uh, an author by Alan Peace, and I, I thought, wow, I'm fascinated by it. You can actually read what people are thinking or behaving through their body, for their gestures. And then that moment, I thought, that's what I want to study. I want to study psychology. So long story short, within a, I, I was able to transfer another degree, and I ended up doing a psychology degree. And my first job was a psychology lecturer, and uh, which I did for four or five years at uh, an FE, a further education college, and I taught you know, first-year degree and A-level students. And then I did a master's in sports psychology. So I wanted to be a sports psychologist. That was my aim then. So I did a master's in sports psychology, but I needed to leave my teaching job to complete it because time and resource-wise to complete my final dissertation. So I thought I needed a job in between. So I found this sales job in London. The great thing about the sales job was dealing, it was all about um, helping universities recruit international students. So I was still in the academic. I was quite snob. I was snobby about sales. I'm not a salesperson. I'm a psychology graduate. You know, blah blah blah. I shouldn't be selling. You know, it's above my station. I was that kind of attitude. So the very fact that I was working with universities and colleges to recruit students was still in the. I was sort of in the academic world, although I was on the business side. So my target audience was lecturers. So I used to go to these universities and colleges to sell these marketing packages, but speak from a position of, well, I'm an educational consultant. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like, I'm someone here to understand your blah, blah, blah. The consequence of that is I got, I built trust, I built rapport, and I did really well. I was aiming to be there for six months. I ended up being there for nine years. Wow. Sales director, traveled around the world, and what I had a young family then. So what happens is when you start getting rewarded by money, I earned a lot of money, you know, compared to teaching. I had a young family, you know, mortgage, bells, whistles, wife, all the rest of it. And you think, do you know what? I'll do the sports psychology, you know, in a few, in a few months. You know, I'll do it then. Mm. You know, I'm earning good money. I'll do it over there. But over there, become nine years. And by the time I got to the point where I wanted to do my own thing, it was just too late. You know, the world moved on. I moved on. I was out of the sequence. And for the last four or five years of that career, I knew... Um, I wanted to do my own thing. But as you've probably heard on Clubhouse, I had the normal excuses. I'm not good enough. The time is not right. Who would listen to me? I won't earn money. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not experienced. All those normal excuses of why I didn't leave my job to start my business were there. And they, at the time, they're genuine. They're real. How can you, how can I possibly leave my job? You know, I've got a wife. I've got three kids. I've got a house. You know, that's irresponsible, my friend. And I remember I was in New York in 2006 on a business trip about to close a really big deal and i did i've got the deal uh, quite easily in the end and i remember phoning the office up and saying got the deal and this is when you might not remember for fax machines and we faxed the order over and we used to get paid on order not on payment right we used to get commission based on the order and i earned more in that deal than uh, it's the biggest deal the company had telephone numbers and i thought and i remember i was in the hotel when i got the deal and I sat down and I thought, I was ecstatic for about three or four minutes. Do you know what? Oh my God. What, you know? But then that moment I thought, is this it? I felt empty. I thought, this, I can't get any better in this job. I'm a sales director. The only, the only potential next step is equity. But once you get equity, you're tied in. 
So I thought, I've earned a lot of money. I've uh, I've I've achieved my targets for my for my team and the company. I've earned a lot of money. I've earned my boss even more money. So why do I feel soulless? Why do I feel empty? I said, Mage, you need to sort this out. And I remember from the flight back from New York to London, I write down all the reasons why I'm not starting my own thing. And the only pragmatic reason, Ed, the real reason was actually, um, if I do it right now, I'll be going from the frying pan into the fire. There's not enough cushion I had in my uh, in my savings. So I worked out how much I needed and I did a bit of property. And then about a year later, October the 14th, 2007, a property deal closed and uh, I left and I started my coaching and training business and I've not looked back ever since. So what I do now um, is work with entrepreneurs, business owners, successful entrepreneurs, business owners who basically want to up their game, find the edge in their game to create the life that they desire. Amazing, amazing. I can I kind of resonate with your story of, of, of sort of just procrastinating. I was in a job for 10 years just doing something that, that I wasn't particularly enjoying and I was a bit younger at the time I didn't have didn't have the family I had now um I was just single so it was kind of the best time to do it but even so there was something that was just Hmm. keeping me there just that obviously the comfort I guess of of having a job and it's that not having a safety net so for me it was kind of a there was dabbling in it for about three years doing it part-time hoping it would kind of make me enough money to to take the leap but it never really happened and i've kind of come to the conclusion that look, the only way i'm going to make this work is if i just yeah i just like to touch on that i'm sure there's a lot of people listening thinking do you know what they're on the cusp you know because of what's, what we've been through in the last 18 months two years in relation to the pandemic is there's some people who have been wow this is my opportunity to do my thing you know because their job's not secure or they've been furloughed or been whatever it may be and there's other people have been forced in a situation whereby i've got no choice but to look to do my own thing or they've got a job and they think do you know what i've got and there's this there's this there's this myth around the side hustle whereby they think let me get to the point whereby i can earn enough to replace my current income and then leave and actually you're you're that's not really that's not really an entrepreneurial way of thinking because entrepreneurship you have to be uncomfortable to a little bit to really move you forward right and it's you've got to ask yourself this couple of questions number one is if you had your last paycheck today right now how long can you survive for and i i i come to the conclusion that you probably need sensibly between six and 12 months put away anything less and you're, you're putting yourself under unnecessary pressure to earn straight away when you haven't got the foundations right that's the first question to ask. The second question to ask is how much, what are you prepared to give up and what are you prepared to live on to get that? So go, so not get to the point whereby your side hustle is replacing income, but because don't expect to earn the same amount of income doing it, doing something for two hours that you can do for eight hours. It just doesn't work or, or six hours efficiently. It's not just about the two hours. It's about the, it's the energy you have available in those two hours. You know, you, can you run a business for four or five hours working? Yeah, absolutely, but the energy is different. So if you've done an eight-hour shift and then do two hours, those yeah. two hours productivity is very different than working two hours on your business, highly efficient and with high energy. It's two different two hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you need to find the, what's the sweet spot between, okay, there's enough coming in there. If I, if I make the call now, I can accelerate my potential to um, start earning the kind I want to earn. Yeah, 
amazing. I mean, I think you touched on something there about security, safety net. And I think one thing the pandemic has shown us, there is no security or safety net, whatever you're doing, whether you're working for someone else or you do your own thing. So now is it's the best time to take that leap if you're going to do it. What do, you, what do you feel is um, amongst entrepreneurs and, and perhaps some of your clients, what do you feel is, is there like a common common challenge or struggle that you see in 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 most people I th there's common themes so the challenges might manifest in different ways the themes are around what goes in the conversation in their head and it, it's combined around am i good enough combined around am i ready and combine and sort of a, a sequence of around um um uh um do i need more information so the challenges around there, but then that manifests in terms of how active they are. So how prepared they take an action. So they might take an action, but they don't go full leather of fear of failure. And then they think, well, the reason I don't go full leather is this unconscious conversation of, well, I'm not really good enough. So I don't show up. And then within that is they don't really know what success looks like. You know, they, they, they sort of know over there, but how can you takes and you might see a lot of people take lots of action but they're going to, there's no point traveling from london to newcastle but if you're going towards bristol so it looks like oh they're driving fast mm. wow look at them but they're going in the wrong direction right and they think oh it looks on in isolation it looks good but then when you look at the when you come out and you think actually they're going the wrong way mate <laughs> right and that's what a lot of businesses do so you look at it in one one bit so it's like do they know what success looks like? and it's not about having a five six year 20 year plan it's like 30 or 60 90 day sprints if you know what your next 90 days looks like that's what a lot of elite um high high profile high successful entrepreneurs look at the next 90 days you understand what forecasts are for the for the following but in terms of an actionable nine if you can say right these 90 days what does success look like for the next 90 days and where does my mindset need to be what kind of plan do i need to put in place and how what's the consistent and persistent actions i need to take if yeah. you get those three things in order all of a sudden then you're you're more likely to to have things uh, succeed than not yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always been a fan of, of, of setting 90 day plans as well, obviously, from what I do as a fitness coach, but but also within my business as well. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've tried setting five year plans, 10 year plans, but obviously the further out you go, the more sort of it vague is. it becomes. It's, it's, quite, it's quite hard to focus that. that a great question to ask is if you ask yourself right now, did you think you'd be here right now, five years ago? Right now? You know, or, or you might say, yeah, I am where I thought I was going to be, but was the was the, was the the route what you expected? So the route might be different. So we've got perfect evidence. Actually, do you know what? Five years ago, no, I didn't think I'll be here. I'm ahead of my game. I'm behind my game, but the route's different. So there's your evidence to see how really, uh, how powerful five-year plans are. It's not that really powerful, but short 90-day sprints, 180-day sprints could be. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Tell us a bit about about the book, Change Your Game. I know it's behind you. You've got um, yeah. your, your banners there. You talk about free games. So you talk about your inner game, your outer game and your game plan. Yeah. Just for those that don't quite know, just tell us a little bit. I mean, I get what it, what you mean by it, but just tell us a little bit about those. Yeah. Obviously, you've got the book. How far are you in the book? I saw you got a little secret. So tell us what chapter you're up to. So your I little... am. Um, I'm just about. I've got a little. Yeah, yeah. What's that bit there? What's that page there? What's that page there? So that is page. 
page 91. So I'm just kind of coming up to halfway. So 91. So don't look to be perfect. Number 22. So you're in so between. Um, you're just towards the end of um, uh, game one, the inner game. So when I looked at um, the way this came about, I wrote this book a couple of years ago, uh, 2019. And life's a game, right? And every game has a set of rules, universal laws, and a set of patterns. So if you look at play football, football, for example, is there's some rules. But right? once you get on the pitch, the fundamental rule is you can't touch the ball with your hand unless you're a goalkeeper, right? There's the offside rule, and that's really it, right? And then you've got different rules around sort of tackles and what a red card is. But essentially, don't pick it up with your hand, and the offside rule, within, the, within that scope, you can do what you want, right? Within reason. And then you've got rugby. Rugby, you can use the hands. That's the fundamental. And there's again, there's offside rules. And then you've got the backs and the forward. But there's rules. Now, if you go on the pitch, imagine you say, right, I want to play rugby, but I'm going to use football rules. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work for you. And it doesn't work for the rest of them because it's chaos. So in life, what I found is when I was, when I was looking at my life, when I was looking at um, uh, people I was working with, and when I was thinking, well, what, what are the common patterns around success? And I realized that actually there's three core games that are going on. And someone might say, right, you need to have the right mindset to succeed. Is that true? Yeah. You need to have a game plan. You need to know how to have a roadmap. You need to have a strategy. That's what you need to succeed. Yeah. Actually, what you need to succeed, if you don't, do, if you don't take action, nothing's going to happen. So that's what you need. To, yeah. So then you think, right, let's go to Tony Robbins. Right, Tony Robbins, all rah-rah. Money, life coaching, a little bit of business stuff, but essentially it's about how you can be your best version of yourself, isn't it? It's all mindset yeah. stuff. So your people leave Tony Robbins, all become mini Tony Robbins, think you can change the world. Five days later, you crash and burn. Right? <laughs> and then you realise, you realise, well, I've got this great mindset, so how come my life's not changed? Because you've got no game plan. Because you've got no game plan. Then you go to a, a business workshop that shows you a strategy. You know, graphs, shows you the business canvas, you know, and our Venn diagrams and this. So you've got a plan, and then you think, I've got the plan, so how come my life's not changed? Well, if you Google, you find loads of plans, right? It's like a recipe. If I gave you the recipe of, I don't know, um, you know, uh, uh, beef wellington or flipping, you know, some sort of uh, uh, van or something, right? These are the ingredients, this is the measures, and these are the instructions. All right, you got it, but if you just look at it, ain't nothing happening. You've got to make it. Yeah. Right. And then the third part of it is you go to another workshop and says, right, accountability. Right. What you need is accountability. So what that means is, what do you want? Let's set a deadline. Right. Get into action. Now, okay. But if you do that, but your mindset is of, it's never going to work. So if you do an action in the realms of, I'm a failure, I'm not good enough, it's not going to work, is the action going to be as efficient? Probably not. Mm. If you then, so then you think, actually, all three are relevant. But it's fluid. It's not like, right, you need to get your mindset right. Once you get your mindset right, let's sort of plan out. Once you've got a plan, take action. For some people, their mindset, it gets stronger when they take an action. For some people, when they've got a plan, and within the plan they take, they take an action, their mindset gets stronger. For some people, they need to get this clear clarity, then they have a plan. They, so it's different for different people. But it's universal laws. So I talk about the Change Your Game book, as you mentioned, talks about the inner game, which is about mindset, your thoughts, your emotions. They control everything. Yeah, yeah. If you can control your emotions and thoughts, you control your life.
That's the foundation for everything. Now, within that foundation, you need to have a game plan and strategy. So let's get this right. That could be anything, business, relationships, uh, a sporting event, like you do fitness, right, for over yeah. 40s, right? I've done transformation with Now, people think uh, a body transformation is about eating the right foods and exercising. No, it's not. If you don't have a plan and strategy, you're going to go to the pot. Because the first sign of a donut and the first sign of you feeling like, oh, I can't do this, you're going to stuff a donut in your gob. And the reason you put a donut in your mouth is because you haven't got a plan and strategy and the mindset, because the action, 90% of the people know what they need to do to be healthier. Yeah, I agree. But the reason they're not is one, because their mindset's not right. They haven't bought into it. And second, they haven't got a plan to follow. Yeah. Would you agree? Ab absolutely. Everything you were just saying there, I was thinking that is exactly... Yeah. Chess now that's applicable. That's applicable for anything. You could apply that to marriage, yeah. right? Right. And we love each other. We want to create a life together, but we don't do this, right? What? Do, what's our common goals? How do we want to live our lives? How do we want to? You know, what's our bucket list? How do we want to bring out children? How? What kind of house do we want? So imagine you having like a game plan for that, right? Okay. What well, our mindset? Let's communicate with each other. You know, I've been for a divorce, so this is like you know talking to the converted now. But I wish I knew this before. Make sure we communicate once a week, right? That's part of our strategy. Make sure we we listen to each other. Part of our strategy. What's the actions we take? Let's do the love languages, right? If I know that you like gifts, right? I know. If I want quality time, great. So there's all actions. That what's the mindset, right? Am I am I um uh, is this is my partner number one? So they're the three games in business, right? What's our game plan? What's our uh, strategy? We want an X number of revenue. We want X number of clients. We want to have this impact on the world. So when you realize anything successful has to have those three elements. So the book talks about how to get your inner game right, how to understand to create strategy, and then how to take action. Not just action, how to be consistent and persistent in action. Success is all to do with the consistency of action, not just action. Oh, completely agree. Completely agree. You're, you're, you're singing my tune there. Definitely love it. Um, well, you, you touched on obviously fitness transformation and, and, and that you've been through your own transformation. So I just kind of want to touch on that before we before we wrap up the podcast. Now, obviously, I've got a book here. And if, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you won't see this. But I'm. Uh, <laughs> if you're watching the video, there is. Um, hopefully, you can see that. There is yeah. Beiju. Now, this doesn't look like the man I'm talking to today. So I don't, I don't know if I've got the wrong person here, but. Right. You know, this is not the man I see on the back of the book here, the picture. Tell, tell us a bit about your weight loss journey. Yeah, so I... To, to make the transformation. Yeah. So that picture was taken in 2000, uh, summer of 2018 or 19, I think it was, summer of that, yeah. And look, I went for a divorce around 2016. You know, I didn't react to it very maturely. Stuff happens, all the rest of it. Um, and then... As we all go, like through any sort of traumatic event, you know, you you start looking at yourself. You know, how can what can I learn from this? Once you get over the feeling sorry for yourself, once you go over the grief, once you go over the sadness, you start to accept the situation. And in the in the in the in the space of acceptance is when you can start to write. Well, how can I learn from this? I don't want this happened again. Whether I get into another relationship or not, and also my life, you know, and also. You know, the, the, the profession I chose is helping other people change their game and up their game. And then I'm in a midst where my life is, is to pot. That's really like, it's quite confronting, Ed. That I'm going out there saying to people, you can be this, this, this. And now look at my life, divorce. 
I was, I wasn't over, no, no one ever said to me, Bash, do you know what, mate? You know, you're a bit putting the pounds there, mate. You know, you're a bit, you're a bit chubby there. No one ever said that because they didn't know any different. And I'd yeah. never, ever felt If big. I didn't know any different, I'd say you look fantastic on the back in this picture. If I didn't know, but I, looking at you yeah. there, you know, you look about 10 years younger. Yeah, um, yeah. And it is, and it's better. So then I, I, through that, I just went on some retreats. I went to yoga retreats. This, and then in 2018, I looked at my life and... If I had to label my life, my business, my relationships, the word I keep coming up with was ordinary. Mm. Everything was ordinary. And I thought, bloody hell, I don't want to be ordinary. My relation, I wasn't in a relationship then, but my potential for relationships and, and life, ordinary. My business, ordinary. My health, ordinary. I thought, bloody hell, beige. So then you look at things like what can you control and what you can't control. So I can control what I eat and how I move and how healthy I am. I can control the friend circles. I can control how I position my business. I can't control um, someone saying yes to me. I can't control whether uh, another person will fall in love with me. I can't control um, uh, the way the world is without me having influence so i can either choose to react to things and be at the mercy of the world so the world happens to you or i can choose to happen working for me so i thought what's the one thing i can control well my health and fitness and I, what i 100 percent didn't want to do is do a diet i didn't want to like go on some you know no carbs or keto or you know some sort of fasting i didn't want to do something that's not sustainable for the rest of my life i love food so my two non-negotiables ed before I approached any help was I didn't want to eliminate any food group and I didn't want to feel guilty for eating anything. Now within that scope, what could I do to improve my health? So I approached someone like you who sort of helps people organize their meal plans and, and, and fitness regimes and checking. So similar to you, so I found an organization and I signed up with them in 2019, I started. And I said, right, this is my lifestyle change. I don't want to diet, but naturally, you know, the start of being healthy and building muscle, you've got to eliminate fat. So there's a process there, you know, understanding. I didn't understand macros. So for those macros, you've got proteins, you've got fats, you've got carbs, you've got, um, what's the other one? Proteins, carbs, fats, the vitamins and minerals, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, calories. So I understood the principle of calorie deficit, Yeah. right? But I also understood the importance of understanding macros, you know, fats and there's good fats and bad fats understanding that carbs isn't bad you need carbs but the right kind of carbs and uh, and protein what protein is and the proportion of protein is special in in muscle growth mm. and also accountability understanding that so and working with someone that is a specialist and and knowing that you didn't have to go in the gym and spend five six hours in the gym banging out the treadmill when smashing it's like 90 percent of my my training regime was weights and i did very little cardio i did my steps but very little, it wasn't like running, you know, two, 300, you know, uh, miles a week or something. It wasn't like that. There's hardly any cardio. And the, the, and with right nutrition, right understanding, I lost 20 kilos over 10 months. So it wasn't like a 12 month fast transformation. It was, and I did a photo shoot in the end. Yeah. But the reaction I got from people was unbelievable, Ed. And the consequence of that was three things. One, the body was changing anyway, so I was getting healthier. That was the direct confidence. The second concern was my mind was clearer. I was clearer in my thought. I had more energy. 
And the third consequence, which I wasn't looking for, my business improved. All wow. of a sudden, the nature of what I did, people look at, hang on, Paige, if you can do that for yourself, what can you do for us? I want a fitness guy. And the other thing is, well, what the reason I think a lot of people got inspired by my story is I'm not a fitness, like I'm not a PT. I'm not a, a bodybuilder. I'm not a professional thing. I'm just an ordinary guy who's, I just do fitness for me. I don't do it to teach or train anyone. Yeah. And when they saw my body transformation photos, they were like, wow. They saw the six pack. They saw the, the, the you know, the, the gig and it was great. So much so that during lockdown, the first three lockdowns, I kept it off, off more or less. The fourth lockdown um, wasn't so good. So I'm on, So as we're speaking now, I'm uh, six weeks away from another photo shoot. All right. So I wanted to do it again just to prove I can do it again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I'm, you know, just a few weeks off now, another photo shoot. And, and, I'm not in the saying everybody needs to do a transformation to to uh, to to improve their lives. What I'm saying is is understand foods. You know, people think is it vegan vegetarian? I'm not vegan vegetarian. You can have a really sh shocking vegan vegetarian diet. That's not a healthy diet. It's understanding foods. So so yeah, it just changed my life in several levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even think like for the majority of people, I don't even think they need to understand foods. They just need mm. to eat less. You know, it's, it's all about the, the, the calorie balance at the end of the day. If you want to lose weight, move more and eat less. I always say to people... Is it about eating less or eating the right foods in the right proportions? Yes, yes, it is. But, you know, the, the rule of thumb, if you want to lose weight, you can lose weight, even if you're at... Not, um, and I'm, not, I'm not saying this is the right thing today to, to do, but even if you ate chocolate all day and you burn mm. that chocolate off, you're mm. gonna, you wouldn't be particularly healthy, but you would, yeah, lose, that's, you would lose weight because exactly it's about so losing weight is one thing, but also doing it in a way whereby your body's still healthy. And that's what I because I could you could eat McDonald's all day with calorie deficit, but your body's not going to have all the nutrients. Yeah, so it's important that you, you strike up a balance between the two because if you still do, if you want a piece of chocolate or like you said, you didn't want to eliminate any foods. So it's about getting, mm. striking that balance where you are in a calorie deficit, but you can have a piece of chocolate or you know, a Big Mac or a burger if you want or whatever it might be. You can still have those things. You don't have to eliminate any food yeah. groups. And so it's just about getting the balance right at the end of the day. And I always say to people, like, this is not about changing your diet. It's about changing your eating habits. There's a big difference mm -hmm. between those two statements, diet or eating habits. So mm -hmm. like you did, you, you, you made some changes to your eating habits. Mm -hmm. You know, I imagine you can still pretty much eat what you want within reason. You know, you're not eating. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Right. So at the moment, because I'm, I'm, I'm a, a few months, I know people might listen to this podcast at different times, but um, where we're recording this now, I'm, I'm six weeks, four to six weeks away from my photo shoot. So I'm a bit more stricter. I'm on my little bit. I'm on my shred at the moment. So I'm definitely really watching my food. But I want to create a lifestyle where I'm 80-20, whereby 20% of the time I can have what I want. But knowing, knowing, understanding the foods and get to a uh, an optimum sort of weight whereby I can build muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay healthy. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, that's something I share with my clients as well. 80-20. Um, amazing, amazing. Well, I wish you well in your continued transformation and, and success in your in your business um tell us how people can connect with you beiju and and tell us a bit how we can get the book as well the book is amazing yes. by the way guys i'm like i said i'm halfway through i'm really enjoying it at the minute um i'm gonna leave a 
you'll leave a review for you on, on Amazon. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm very fortunate. I've got a very unique name, Beijing Slanker. So if you Google me, you'll find me on Instagram, obviously on Clubhouse. But um, there's a couple of things you can do. As a result of the book, which is all, as I mentioned, talked about how you can change your game. I've created a scorecard. And the scorecard tells you how strong your game is so it's a free resource so if you go i'm sure you can put the links on the podcast changeyourgamescorecard.com if you go there put in your details and you fill in the form and then it will give you a an indication of how strong your game is on each of the three areas and then some tips to improve it um, and by filling that scorecard you'll be able to download the digital version of the book for free if you want to if you want a, a hardcore copy um, uh, if you go to changeyourgamebook.com, there's various offers on there that you can get the book. And uh, um, if you want a personalized copy, again, there's a, there's an opportunity to fill in your details and get a personalized signed copy from me as well. Amazing, amazing. So that's changeyourgamescorecard.com. Is that correct? Yep, and changeyourgamebook.com. And changeyourgamebook.com. Amazing. Beiju, you've been brilliant. You've been amazing. All right, Ed, well. thank you so much. No, no I appreciate you. it. Thank you. Pleasure was all mine. It's great to have you on. And uh, yeah, let's connect again soon. 100%. Nice one, Ed. Take care, my friend. Take care.